Boy, I don't know about you, I feel like falling asleep now. <laughs> nice lazy song and some of those videos of those animals, it's like, yeah, that was probably me when I hit the snooze 11 times this morning, <laughs> you know, something like that. Well, I do want to welcome you back to this series, and we are talking about laziness today, and we've been talking about it, these things with the idea of self-portraits. You know, what are those paints, what are those brushes that we paint our own pictures with, those character qualities that become who we are, what we see when we look in the mirror, and are they really what we want to look like? Well, I have a treat for you this morning, because we have a portrait today, and I think it actually is a portrait of you. No, no, not the person sitting on your lap, not the person sitting on your right. Actually, this one looks just like you. And if I'm honest with you, it looks just like me, too. Are you anxious? Okay, your hype is probably a little bit too high. But let me show you what we've got. This is our self-portraits. Now, I know what you're thinking. That doesn't actually look like any of us, does it? (laughs) But let me tell you a story. And as you hear this story, look at this picture and see if you begin to recognize a little bit of yourself. The story goes that there was a grasshopper one fine summer's day, a warm afternoon, lazing about, reclining, just chirping and singing to his heart's content. He'd built himself a nice hammock out of a leaf and he was finally able to just relax. And as he's relaxing, an ant walks up and the ant is carrying a heavy load, grain that he's gathering to bring back to the colony in the anthill. And as he walks by, the grasshopper lazily calls out to him, Ant, come and join me. Why not relax in the summer sun instead of working so hard your entire life? To which the ant responds, Well, I'm storing up food for the winter. And I would suggest that you do the same. The grasshopper just laughed at him. For the winter? That's a long ways off, and we have plenty of food right now. And so he went on sleeping, and the ant went on working. When the winter came, the grasshopper discovered that he had no food to eat. And as he was starving to death, he noticed that, unlike him, the ants had gathered enough food and now we're sharing the corn, the grain, and all of the things that they had prepared for the winter. That was when the grasshopper learned that it's better to be prepared for the days ahead. Well, let's be honest, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but there are times where I absolutely feel that way. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drums all day. Just relax. And listen, I don't want you to hear today that rest is bad, because rest is good. In fact, the Bible talks about that, how we need that time when we can relax, when we can set aside moments to recuperate, to rejuvenate, to get uh, replenished for the work that we do have to do. In fact, there's a, there's a verse in the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is really a collection of wisdom sayings, things that God handed to his people and said, if you want life to go well, here are some easy sayings that will help you out. And this is one that I just think is perfect for this, as uh, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Are you guys still here? (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, let's keep going then because I may have just found my favorite verse, right? 
So, so let's see what he says next, because this, this seems pretty good. I, I could roll with this. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Okay, that is not what we would expect to see next, right? But here's the deal. This is essentially God giving us a parental warning about laziness. You know, a lot of times when you read the Bible, sometimes it's hard to get a sense of what exactly God is working on, what he's teaching us, what he's telling us. But a lot of these passages bring a couple of things together. On one hand, there will be a warning, but on another hand, there will be a promise. And you think about if you've had kids as you raise them, or if you're uh, in charge of somebody in the workplace, you, you give them these kinds of warnings, right? Listen, if we don't do what needs to be done, we're not going to like where we end up. Right? That idea of sleep, essentially you, you fall asleep on the job and you're going to end up missing out on that preferred future that you hoped was coming. And so God is giving us this kind of warning against laziness. How do we replace laziness with diligence? That's really what the story of the grasshopper and the ant is all about. Right? The, the, the grasshopper's relaxation isn't necessarily a bad thing, but what happens when that relaxation becomes the only thing? It, that, that everything I'm driving for is to try to get that moment where I don't have to do anything anymore. Or where it keeps me from ever starting because I don't want to do anything in the first place. <laughs> now, I remember, this is silly, but as a kid, so before I even had a career, as a kid I would think about retirement. I know, right? Because that's the rest part, right? And there's going to be this horrible season of life in between where I have to work, but then someday when I retire, I can just like play video games all day. <laughs> I mean, think how, think how fast that would get old. You know, but for a lot of us, we think that way. Like, everything I do is to try to get to the moment where I can finally quit doing stuff. There's something lazy in that. And sometimes we think about the other things that we're talking about in this series, they can seem a lot more dangerous than laziness. Like what Chad talked about last week, wrath that leads to murder. Greed, lust, laziness. I mean, it's annoying, right? Especially if like I'm working hard and that guy's being lazy. But here's the thing. In the picture of the grasshopper, Laziness robs us of the better future that God had prepared for us, right? Laziness doesn't want to admit that there's going to be pain because of this someday. And sometimes it's just because we don't care. That's lazy. Sometimes it's because we're afraid. There's something out there that, that we wish we had, but we don't know how to get there. Or we're afraid that the work is going to be too hard. Or we're afraid that we'll put this work in and we won't get where we thought we were going to go, and so we just, we just don't even try. That's lazy. Now, I don't know about a lot of you. Some of you I know well enough to know that you're really more like the ant. As you hear me tell the story and you look for yourself, you say, yeah, I know that grasshopper's got a problem. I'm the ant. I'm a hard worker. I always have been. I worked hard in school. I got my degree. I've, I started a business, and I've been building that business, and I work hard every day. You don't have to tell me you've got to work hard to make things work out. But think about it this way. Is it possible that you're not just the grasshopper or the ant, but that there might actually be places where you're a little bit of both? Maybe you're an ant at work, 
but a grasshopper in personal relationships. An ant at work, but a grasshopper in your marriage. A grasshopper with your kids. An ant at work, maybe a grasshopper in your relationship with God. You know, I, when I was first uh, on the team here at Horizon, I went to uh, Pastor Doug's Tuesday morning group where essentially they were taking a biblical approach to really how to, how to be a man, how to be a good father, how to be a good husband, how to raise your kids, how to point them to the kinds of things that God would teach them for their lives. And what was really interesting to me, I think even the first week that I was there, I was talking to another guy and he was you know, a couple decades further than me into life's journey and what he told me with that is that these couple of years that he'd spent in that group, man, he wished he had them 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because he had spent so much energy, so much work on his career while neglecting his family. And that he had felt just so much regret from that because he hadn't put the time in to get to the future that he wanted in those relationships. And so that's why he was here now sort of trying to make up for lost time. You know, that's the warning that God is kind of giving us in this passage. And I think that's why for Doug's group and here this morning, we want to take a biblical approach to this because we want more than somebody that just says, well, if you don't want to be lazy, then just work harder. Thank you for coming. You know, we'll see you back next week for more self-portrait. Like, there's got to be more to this than that. And God wants to give us more to this. So what he gives us in Proverbs 6 as he paints that picture if you actually look at the verses that come before the ones we've already read, the ant is actually coming right out of the book of Proverbs. It says in these verses, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Now, sluggard there is not like home runs. Sluggard is a lazy person. Right? Somebody who does not care what's going on about them, doesn't care how it's going to hurt them or how it's going to hurt others because they don't feel like helping, they don't feel like doing anything. God says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep? So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. That idea is that if we don't work hard in our careers... Right? If we take shortcuts because we want to make a little more money a little bit faster, we start to undermine our honesty, our integrity, even our friendships to try to make that happen. If this happens in our relationships, if it even happens in our pursuit of an, of an understanding of God, what we find out is that we're surprised by the poverty that comes. When we get to that future moment and realize like the grasshopper, I'm empty. I'm coming up empty. I'm missing out. And when I fall asleep on the job, then I miss out on the future that could have been there for me. I find myself in financial, relational, even spiritual poverty. But to avoid financial, relational, and spiritual poverty, this proverb is going to give us one big lesson. Be an ant in a grasshopper world. Don't fall asleep on the job. Don't miss out on what could be coming. Prepare for that future. Be an ant in a grasshopper world. And so we're going to learn three life lessons from this bug's life. And the first one is this. You've got to learn who to go to. Learn who to go to. Now what's really interesting here, you say, well, well why the ant? Well, this is just right in nature. So as, as familiar as we are with this story, 
literary scholars believe that actually this piece of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, was the first time that anybody had put to paper what kind of everybody knows about the ant and said, use this as an example for what diligence looks like. Apply this to yourself. Watch what happens in nature and learn from it. And so the version I gave you that includes the grasshopper is sort of an expansion of that that we find in Aesop's fables. I mean, we find it in a number of different cultures where that story has come to be. Now, that's one of the things that I think is really cool about the Bible because if, if I believe that God is real, if I believe that God gives truth, if I believe that God puts his truth into this book, if all truth is God's truth, then it would make sense that I could go into nature, see something like this, and learn something from it, right? Well, that's exactly what God is saying here. You want to know what it looks like to work hard? Well, I gave you a perfect example. Literally, just walk outside and you'll see it. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. So this is God's suggestion. You see, it's more than just try harder. Because part of the problem with laziness, right, is even if we know what we need to do, there's something that keeps us from doing it. So he doesn't just say, look at the ant, she works hard. Yeah, she does. What is your point? <laughs> right? No, no, no. Go to the ant. Consider her ways. Study it. Take it in. Watch closely. That's what that word means. And be wise. When the Bible talks about wisdom, it's not just knowledge. It's not just a thought process. It's active. That now that you've considered it, now that you've gone to the ant, learned from the ant, consider it, you can actually do this yourself. Now, we're familiar with this in our lives, right? You want to get to a preferred future? You want to find somebody who knows how to get there. You want to find the expert, the person who knows how to get where you want to be. Sports fans out here, NBA fans, this is why Kobe Bryant will tell you he watched hours and hours and hours of Michael Jordan's little post-up fadeaway jump shot because he knew that Michael Jordan was the best and he wanted to be able to do it that way. He would watch hours and then he would practice and tape himself and compare the tapes and watch again and practice again going to the ant. In fact, if you put tape of Jordan next to Julius Irving, you'll see that Jordan, all the things that he learns to do in midair, like while he just hangs there before he ever lands, he learned from Dr. J. We want to know how to get where we want to go We've got to go to somebody that knows how to get there. You've got to learn who to go to. That's why God gives us this picture of the ant. It was really interesting as I was studying for this, I was trying to look up some quotes or some interesting stories about mentors because we find that in the workplace often, but we don't often find that in other places in our lives. It's a lot harder to find a good husband who will just sit down with you one-on-one -on -one and help you think that through or a good wife who can say, well, this is how my husband and I have, have worked this out or put this together. Or to find really a good dad or a good mom who will spend time with you that way. And as I was searching for this, this probably jumped to my attention because I found this interesting story about John Quincy Adams. You know John Quincy Adams? President number six of the United States of America. I remember John Quincy Adams because I, it was either third grade or fifth grade. We had to do a report on the presidents. And we all got to pick whoever we wanted. And I picked John Quincy Adams. Like, who wouldn't, right? 
Show of hands, who's done a report on John Quincy? <laughs> no, you're supposed to pick George Washington or Andrew Jackson or Abraham Lincoln or somebody more exciting, right? Well, I picked John Quincy Adams because he was number six. And actually, I was a pretty big Dr. J fan and he wore number six. So it was like, well, I'll take number six. Who's that? <laughs> well, it turns out number two, his dad was also the president. And so as John Quincy was coming up through the ranks of the politicians and the statesmen in our country, he went to his dad, John Adams, and said, who should I go to? Who should I learn from? What does it take to be a successful statesman? What does it take to be a successful president? And what was really interesting was that his dad told him, you don't really need to watch people in Congress. You don't necessarily need to watch how they manage a meeting or what they say when they're in that meeting. What you want to do is, essentially, like our verse said, consider their ways. Spend time with them when they're not with the other statesmen. Look on their bookshelf and see what kind of books do they like to read. Better yet, look on their desk. Which book is sitting open? What is it that they feel like they need to read right now to take in every day? Consider those things and you'll learn not how to be a good statesman, but how to be a good man. How to be a good woman. How to become the best person that you can be. And what John Quincy Adams discovered, and, and you, can, uh, you can find his quotes where he says this for himself, the best thing that he found to go to was the Bible. He believed that if he built his life on exactly the kinds of things that we're seeing in Proverbs today, that if he was willing to take God's instruction back into his home and into Congress, into those meetings, into that government, then he would have the greatest chance at success. He was trying to figure out who to go to. So God tells us here, go to the ants. So I want to give you some, some quick hit facts about ants. Because we all know they work hard, right? And some of these may be familiar. But these things just fascinate me every time I see them. Do you know that ants can carry 50 times their own body weight with their jaws? Can you do that? <laughs> I'll let you do your own math on what 50 times is. But to carry that in your jaws, obviously we can't even do one time. I, I couldn't carry myself in my jaws, let alone 50 times my own body weight. But that's what an ant is doing all day long. Not only that, ants can form super colonies that stretch for thousands of miles. In fact, as I researched this, I discovered there's one specific kind of ant, I think it was from Australia, that was accidentally imported to all of the other livable contents, continents. And because of the way they communicate and because of the way their DNA is passed on, they function as if they have a global super colony. Now, aren't you thankful that they are so much smaller than us and we are so much smarter than them? <laughs> but they communicate that way. They work together. You want to learn how to work? It's not the lone wolf. They work together. In fact, you see that in this last point too. Ants leave scented trails to guide other ants back to food. I absolutely discovered this one year when we left for two weeks of vacation and forgot to take out that one last garbage can. Whoops. <laughs> you come back and there's, there's literally like so many of them had left the scented trail, there was like a stain on the wall of just ants walking back and forth. So that's disgusting, but get this. It's because they're working together. And think about what that means. One ant finds out how to get to where we all want to go, shows everybody else how to get there. Right? Even among the ants, they would say, go to the ant. 
Look for the one who knows where the food is. Look for the one who knows how to get to the preferred future and follow them. Now, laziness would say, it's too far. It's too hard. I know that sounds good, but what if? What if? What if? I know in my own life, I can just tell you this because I had this season where like everything was going really well. And so as you think about painting your self-portrait, you know, what, what would I look like if I had these different brushes and if I could paint who I wanted to be? And I was painting who I wanted to be. I was working full-time in my career, right in my sweet spot, exactly where I wanted to be. On top of that, I'd gotten extra opportunities to work as a consultant and so had a little bit more influence, a little more excitement in other places. And on top of that, a buddy and I had just launched a brand new organization, 501c3, recognized not-for-profit charity. It was really cool. And all of these things kind of tied together. And it was just like, this is fun. Like 10 years ago, if I could predict that I was going to be able to get to do all of these things, I probably would not have believed myself. I was working hard. Only problem was, I started by telling you I was working full time, right? Then I added this on top of it. Then I added this on top of it. And we all know there's only so many hours in a day. So you know what happens then? Then I get home. Do you have an idea for dinner? I'm supposed to make dinner? Why can't you make dinner? Hey, what happened to that fun and exciting and capture the world guy that was there the entire rest of the day? I was an absolute grasshopper, even though all those things were good. I was a grasshopper with my wife and with my kids because I'd done all my hard work in career mode and I didn't have anything left to give them. You know, one of the conversations I had with Chad once when I was still just exploring Horizon, didn't even know what this place was all about, I remember him saying, what if you didn't do all of those things but you took all of that extra energy, all that extra excitement, what if you worked as hard on your marriage and with your kids as you did on your career? What if you applied that same kind of creative energy to strengthening your relationship with your wife, with your kids, and obviously if you talk to Chad, with God? What could that look like? See, that's the kind of portrait that I want to have, and I can tell you that's why, you know, with Doug's group in the mornings, I know Doug is retired now, but don't worry, we can still connect you to things just like this. I'm just giving you that example It has a biblical approach because I know that I need more than just what's in me. Because I have to recognize, I mean, I could tell you the times in my life where laziness cut corners, where laziness sacrificed integrity, where laziness sacrificed relationships, and it hurts. That's the warning that God is giving us. You don't think about it right now because you're only thinking about right now, and then the future surprises you. All of a sudden you're there, and the pain comes in. And laziness doesn't want to believe that the pain is real. Right? Laziness doesn't want to believe that the future is actually coming. And so what happens is, you, know, you think about a marriage. Marriage is hard. When my wife and I were dating, I was highly motivated by this preferred future that we would be married and have kids and spend forever, we'd be so happy. Then life gets busy. Kids actually make life busier. Do I work as hard with my wife today as I did when we were married? Do you work as hard for your husband, for your wife, for your spouse? What about when they keep doing that thing that drives you crazy? 
What about when they keep doing that thing that's so hard to forgive? Because here's the deal. It's a lot easier to quit. It's a lot easier to just get angry, to just say, I don't have, I don't have the energy for this, I don't want to talk about it, to separate. That's where we stumble into things like pornography and into affairs because it's a lot easier to try to get satisfaction over here than it is to actually have to work on this thing. That's laziness. That's why it hurts so bad. That's why it makes this list. That's why it's in this thing. And it causes that kind of regret. But here's the thing. When we learn who to go to, if we come back to this, there's not just that warning. Right? The warning is there because we've got to recognize that in ourselves. Right? If we don't, then we are the grasshopper and we will not like where we end up. Whether we believe it right now or not, we won't like where we're headed. But there's a promise too. Because if I fall asleep on the job, means I'm going to miss out on things. If I just fold my hands and say, forget about life, it's not my problem, that ends up in one place. But if I go to the ant, if I say, okay, let me consider her ways, let me be wise, let me work hard, what, what does that take? Well, I can get the information, but then I've got to do something with it. And so the second thing we learn from the ant is to be a self-starter. Be a self-starter. That's essentially what I was in my career with, with the 501c3. All of those things was like, I'm motivated. Yeah, this is something I'd love to do. How do we find that motivation in ourselves? Because watch what the ant does. Go to the ant, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. No captain, no overseer, no ruler. Now, this, this is not anti-leadership. What this really is, is it's pro-purpose. The ant doesn't need somebody to command them to do these things. They don't work hard because somebody's standing there with a whip telling them they have to. It's because they believe in the purpose. They believe in the future that this will bring them to. Right? The idea behind the ant is they don't need that because they're self-motivated. And so I think the question for us, you know, maybe just straight up on the lazy side, it's kind of like, how do I work when nobody's watching? Do I work hard because the boss is there? Do I work hard? Like, you know, you always, you always just kind of laugh where it's like, you have that emotion, like you have that reaction in your head, even if you are working hard, like when the supervisor walks by. Oh, uh, try to look like I'm working a little harder, <laughs> right? This thing, forget about all that. Forget about all that. What if it comes from inside? So ask yourself this question. Do I know why I do what I do? Do I know why I do what I do? Maybe you're in the same place as young Drew was, just waiting for those glorious decades of Super Nintendo retirement, <laughs> thinking, yeah, I do what I do because I have to. And it's hard, but I've got to make as much money as I can so I can retire as soon as I can, and we kind of lose sight of what we're missing along the way, that we'll get to that retirement and say, is this all there is? You know, maybe think about your marriage, your kids, do you have a purpose for them? Do you have a picture in your head of, of the relationship that you want to have with your kids 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now? What would that look like? Are you working intentionally toward that? Are you, are you seeking out the resources, the people, the opportunities that would help you grow in that direction? Do I know why I do what I do? had a couple cool conversations recently because for the phase of life that I'm in, I, I love to see people who can say, 
Hey, I was where you were. I figured this thing out. God taught me this thing, and you won't believe where I am now. And uh, one conversation I had with a guy, um, actually right here in our own community at Horizon, uh, took me down to his factory. I got to wear like a beard net and everything. You wouldn't believe how cool I look in a beard net. It's really awesome. Um, (laughs) But we just walked around because for him... He had worked on this company with a friend and they believed that this was something that God was doing, not not just in their lives, but in the lives of the people that they employed. And so they had a purpose, a purpose to develop an excellent product because that would serve their customers well, but not only for an excellent product, but they wanted to develop excellence in people. And so part of their purpose was to take people who may have had some kind of falling out with the working world, with their own families, whatever that was, and to give them a second chance. Not just to give them a job, not just to give them good pay, but to actually develop them as people, that they actually keep social workers on staff to work alongside people as they not only advance their careers, but advance their families. And when I talked to him about why this mattered to him, and and talked to his partner as well, the focus kept coming back to their faith in God. Because this is what was giving them purpose. And so he became a self-starter. And you realize a lot of times being a self-starter really isn't about yourself, right? It's about serving others. It's about helping others. You could be a self-starter in your relationship with God as well. In fact, I would say to all of you, as a word of encouragement, Did the overseer or ruler come into your bedroom this morning and yell at you that you have to come to Horizon? Now, maybe a couple of us. (laughs) Maybe a couple of us got dragged here this morning. Hey, let's be friends. I'm glad you're here. But I'll bet for most of us, the fact that you're sitting here is already one sign that you don't want to be the grasshopper. That maybe you don't know exactly what all this God stuff is about and maybe you don't know where it all ends up and maybe there is still a little bit of you that feels like it might not be worth it or it might be a little strange or has a little bit of fear. Like if I really try to do what, man, if I really try to do what this book says, like am I going to turn weird? Like am I going to end up like Drew? I don't know. Well, don't worry about me. (laughs) Just worry about you and God. You know, to put the work into exploring him, who he is, to be diligent in that way. See, that's the purpose that we need to discover because what happens is if we don't find purpose, then eventually our laziness takes over. You know, that's the unfortunate thing about these self-portraits is that a lot of this stuff, it's not like you deal with it and I deal with it and you deal with it. This is in all of us. And some of us have learned better to control it. Some of us have learned better to ignore it. Some of us have learned better to rationalize it or to pretend it's not there. But there's bits of all of these in all of us. But the purpose is part of how we get over it. So let me give you another story about ants. Because my kids had an ant farm uh, probably about a year ago for, for a science class thing. And I'd never had an ant farm before. Can you believe that? Like as a kid, I was just robbed of that experience. And so at first I thought... This is stupid. There are ants outside. I see ants all the time. This is not that exciting. Well, ant farms are actually really exciting, okay? (laughs) It was pretty cool to think, you know, you've got this plastic dome. This is the exact one we had. You pour in the sand, you put in a little bit of food, and you pour in the ants, and they just go to work. 
Like, it's crazy, and they don't stop. They're moving rocks, they're moving pieces of food. If the piece of food is too big, they get help, they move it together until every tunnel is built and every bit of food is shared, and just the way they would work together and get this work done was really incredible. Only thing was, because it's just an ant farm, it doesn't come with a queen, because ultimately they would run out of space if they were able to reproduce. And so while they have enough food and they have enough water, ultimately they hit the end of their life cycle and you start to run out of ants. But one thing that ants are good at, one of the pieces of work that they do is if another ant dies, they remove the body so that dead bodies aren't in the way of the other work they're doing. This is like one of the saddest things I've ever seen in the history of nature. You know what it's like when it's the last ant? <laughs> okay? Work without a purpose. All the tunnels are already built. There's nobody to share the food with, but here's this ant because it's so bolted into his brain, he can't stop working. He can't. All day long, because he lived about three days longer than the rest of them, all day long, moving dead bodies back and forth. Back and forth. Completely purposeless work. Sometimes we are so busy, we are driving so hard, honestly, with good things even, with things that are built into us, things that are good to do. You know, I even think about like, like my kids right now, I'm in complete control of their schedules. Like they're eight and under, so if, if they're going to go anywhere, it's because me and mom decide that they're going somewhere. And if they're not going, it's because we decided they're not. But we know that doesn't last forever. <laughs> Some of you know that, you've experienced that. What happens when they're old enough, they've all got their own stuff to do, and, and it's not only work that can pull you in every direction, but now it's your kid's schedule that can pull you in every direction. How do we protect the place where sometimes we just, to, to really invest the way we need to, we actually have to stop doing stuff and rest for a few minutes? The only reason we do that is if we know what our purpose is, because when all the food is gone, when all the tunnels are gone, when we hit the end of our life cycle, will we be surprised like the grasshopper about where we end up? God offers us something in Colossians chapter 3. So that flips kind of from the front half of the book to the back half of the book because he wants to offer us a purpose that lasts longer than the tunnels, longer than the food, longer than anything else, even beyond this life. This is what he says. Whatever you do, okay, that means you. So, so sitting here right now, take five seconds. What do you do as your career? Do you have a family? Do you have kids? What does that look like? Got it in your head? Okay, now you're ready to hear this. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. See, God is saying, if you take on your own purpose, it will dead end. If you take on God's purpose, then here's the promise that goes with the warning. This is God saying, I'm getting ready, not just for the future, but for eternity, and I suggest that you do too. In fact, I'll share it with you. Let me tell you about it. I've got an inheritance, a reward, not poverty, but a wealth of joy, of love, of peace, of kindness 
that flows from God into us, can flow from us to other people, that can begin right now and will last forever. That's the final thing that the ant had to teach the grasshopper that we can learn from the ant prepared now for the future. Don't sleep on the job. Don't fold your hands and, and just let it all slip by. Prepare now for the future. It says again in Proverbs 6, the ant provides her supplies in the summer. You can go to the next slide. There you go. The ant provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So this is the question then for us. How long will you slumber? When will you rise from your sleep? Wake up. Wake up to what God is offering you, to what God is calling you to. Don't waste any more time sleeping, but wake up and prepare. Use the now to be ready for the future, to be ready for eternity. Now, even as I say that, I've got to be careful to tell you, we're talking about laziness today. We're talking about replacing it with diligence, with hard work. You know, not to ignore these things, but to put the effort into it. And, and so there's a lot of like, do, do, go, go. So just hear this. What God is offering you is a gift. And what God is offering you is a promise. We do not work to earn God's favor. We do not work to earn God's forgiveness. We work because we're built for it. Because we can enjoy it and because God can be honored through it. But when we face our laziness, maybe you have a similar experience to mine or maybe yours is completely different. But when you think about those times, those regrets, those things that creep in that you say, I wish I hadn't done this. This thing hurt me that way. I realize now this hurt the people around me. I don't know what I was thinking. Sometimes it's just, it's just too hard. But those create regrets for us. That creates pain for us. And maybe you feel like the guy that was at Doug's group and you say, I wish I had this years ago because I feel like there's so much I missed out on. It's okay to grieve that. It's okay to understand that. It's okay to recognize that. Let me just tell you this. God is not here to tell you that it's already too late. If you're sitting here this morning and you are breathing and you can hear me, you have not hit the end of your life cycle. It is not too late. You are still right here in this moment with the ant saying, there's actually something really good coming if we're ready for it. And God offers us forgiveness through Jesus Christ for every lazy moment. He offers us love and mercy. He offers even that he can take all the places that we feel like we've missed out and he can redeem that. And fill us up again. This is the promise that God wants to give us. He gives us the warning so that we don't end up there when we hit the end of our life cycle. He wants us to see what the ant saw. That we're ready for the harvest. That we're ready for the good that God has prepared for us. And here's one of those things that's unique about Christianity. That we are not told, so get to work and when you die, God will check back in with you and see if you did enough. That's what he does. In fact, God says, let's get to work. You and me, let's do this together. In fact, one of my favorite verses, and I'll share this with you, 
probably more than once, but I hope it becomes one of yours too. Second Peter 1.3, this is the greatest promise I get when I'm, when I'm facing the, the anger that Chad talked about last week, the envy that Doug talked about the first week, the laziness that we're talking about today, the things we're going to talk about in the days to come, when I have that moment and I think to myself, I can't work hard enough, I'm running out, I'm coming up empty. Listen to what God tells us. His divine power, divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Hear that promise. Hear that promise. Through our knowledge of Him. As you are here at Horizon, as you're exploring who God is, as you're exploring who Jesus is, as you're exploring what it might mean to actually say, okay, I want to follow Jesus. I want to let him be in control of my life. I want to see what he would teach me and how we could do that work together. I want to receive his forgiveness and know that despite my mistakes, he still loves me and he wants to show me mercy. That's our knowledge of him. It's not just knowing about God. It's actually knowing God. And he says, I won't just tell you, hey, go to the ant. Don't go to sleep, but let's work hard. And I'll help you. He will give you divine power to do what he's called you to do. Because he wants you to have the best. The best. And though there's trials in this life, the best is yet to come. So as you think about your portrait, I'd encourage you today to be an ant. Be an ant in your place of work. Be an ant in your marriage. When the rest of the world says that this is the moment you quit... Go to the ant and say, I'm not a quitter. Be an ant in your relationship with your kids. Be an ant in how you pursue God. Would you pray with me? Father, I do just thank you for this chance to see from your word what you have to teach us, what you have to instruct us, and Lord, that you love us enough that instead of just scolding us and leaving us behind, you give us the warning and you show us the promise and you draw us into the kind of life that you want to share with us. Lord, you know my heart better than I know it myself. You know every heart in this room. You know our thoughts. You know what things have come to mind in these last few minutes. You know what things will come to mind when we leave here. Lord, you know when the end of our life cycles will come, even though we don't. We try to guess. We try to foresee. But you know. And Lord, I just pray on behalf of every person here that we might hear your encouragement to be the kind of ant that works with purpose and knows you. We ask this in the name of Christ our forgiver. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you for being here this morning for self-portraits. You know, as always, if you've got questions about things that we've shared or just things that you brought in with you that are on your mind, please come talk to us afterwards. Uh, You can always go down to the third door on the left, what we call the hearth room, and talk to someone there as well. And then we will see you back next week for more of self-portraits. Thank you for coming.